0: Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I'm Brian Peacock. You can find this show on all of your favorite podcast apps. Find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL. That's where these Twitter Thursday questions came down for us, and we have a bunch, and this is your show, all the topics you wanted to get into is what we will get into on today's program. And tune in tomorrow for our official super bowl predictions episode, Matt, let's get this mailbag episode. This Twitter Thursday kicked off with me. M double E. Hmm. I think he checked in with us last week. If I'm not mistaken, sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, he wants to know if there was any underrated games that you saw this season. He said, Week five, Rams versus Seahawks. It was a 30-29 game. He wants to know if we have any underrated games that we saw over the course of the regular season as this season gets wrapped up and comes to a close this week in Super Bowl 54.
1: I'm going to pull back the curtain. My mind doesn't work that way very well. (laughs) I, I have a hard time recalling specific games. Oh, remember back in week five and... There's a dude I work with here in Pittsburgh, Tim Benz, and he remembers every Steeler game ever. He'll be like, remember back in 2001 when they went to Cleveland? I'm like, no, I yeah. don't remember that. You know, <laughs> I, I just don't. I,
0: I hear that all the I time. Mean, Someone I, will talk I, with, about a game on Twitter and be like, oh, yeah, that was the week seven game where so and so got hurt. And then this happened. I'm like, man, how do you even remember right. that? I can barely remember my own name or what happened in the game. Two weeks ago, let alone something that happened a decade ago. And, uh, yeah, people have some crazy memories. I, I don't think it's an underrated game, but the best game I saw all season in the regular season by far was Saints 49ers. And I'm locked into the 49ers, obviously, and watching them very sure. closely. That game, 48-46, the Haymakers thrown by uh, Sean Payton's offense and then Kyle Shanahan's offense. That, that was a fantastic football game. So that was the best regular season game. I don't know if it's underrated because I think a lot of people thought that was a great game.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because not in a very nice um Niners fashion I was going to mention that game this week because I think the Super Bowl might look similar to be very honest with Ooh. you and I'm I've been praising the Niners defense every step of the way but I do think that that back end of the defense isn't super athletic super fast I mean not that it's bad by any stretch of the imagination but, I mean, here's some knocks on, you know, your Niners is they began the season at the Bucks, at the Bengals, versus Steelers with Rudolph, versus struggling Baker Mayfield, versus struggling Goff, Redskins, bad quarterback play, Allen, rookie quarterback, and Kyler Murray. So, won all those games, but where I'm going is they were basically all bad quarterbacks. And then it starts to toughen up a little bit. You know, you lose to the the Hawks. You allow a fair amount of points to Kyler Murray. Down the stretch, you got that Saints game. The Rams are playing better. The Seahawks are playing better to wrap things up. So I love this defense. I've been praising it from the start. I love their defensive line. I love the team speed. But I also think that you give Peyton, and where I'm going with this is Andy Reid, Time to prepare for a somewhat predictable defense. You may see a lot of points on Sunday.
0: I have talked a little bit about that on Locked On 49ers as well, how this game, if you're looking for a game script that the 49ers have gone through, and the, the 49ers have won every possible way you can, They've won with the pass. They've won with a comeback. They've won with just pounding the ball. They've won because of defense. They've won because of their offense when their defense didn't show up like the Saints game. And I, I had talked about how this could be that similar game script that we saw against the Saints. Good coaching, great quarterback play, and just the ball being slung all over the place. And Kyle Shanahan will have to dial up more things to put more points on the board against the Chiefs than he has in recent weeks. And that would not be a bad Super Bowl if it ends up being even 48-46. I would like to see a little bit more defense than that maybe, but that was a fantastic game. Saints 49ers came down to the wire. Uh, If that was how this Super Bowl played out, I think a lot of fans would be pretty happy uh, watching that football game.
1: Yeah, and now here's one that I'm going to say is pro Niners, which again brings me to, I'm not sure who to pick in this, this Super Bowl game. That Saints Niners game showed me in a big way. Hey, they're not afraid to let Jimmy sling it when they need to. These past couple games have not been hiding Jimmy Garoppolo. They just haven't needed him. So why bother? You know, I mean, they're just gouging a beat up Vikings team and really at a disgraceful Packers defense. Why get fancy? And I do think when the time comes and on Super Bowl Sunday, they're not gonna coddle Jimmy, they're going to treat him like the Saints game and he's capable of putting up big points.
0: Absolutely. And I don't know that the Chiefs defense is better than the Saints defense and Jimmy Garoppolo threw for multiple touchdowns in that game and the 49ers were actually down and had to come back in that. So that showed just what Jimmy Garoppolo can do and what that Kyle Shanahan offense can do. If they need to put up points, if they need to come from behind, the 49ers can win in a lot of ways, which I think makes this game so uh, just so exciting because of that. Obviously, that Chiefs offense versus 49ers defense matchup is the marquee but on the other side of the ball that's going to be an interesting one as well and the 49ers just put up 37 points throwing it eight times so if your run game can put up points in big plays like that and your past game can can even help that out a little bit that that's an offense that can score so I think people are sleeping on Garoppolo and the 49ers offense and not just a team that is old school that's going to pound it right down your throat every single game because that's not the way they've won every single game
1: yeah and not to ignore me's question, but I don't remember many games, and I'm sure people <laughs> want to throw some out there. That's cool, and there were so many great ones. That'll be that, That's a fun conversation. It's not a bad question. My mind just doesn't work that way so well. But I am glad you brought this game up because I've been meaning to all week because I think it tells us a lot about what we might see Sunday.
0: I was trying hard to think of some other games. It's hard with underrated. There was the Packers win over the Chiefs earlier this year. I think me is correct about that that was just a back and forth Seahawks Rams game that was a really good one what about week 1 all the way back in week 1 the lions Arizona Cardinals tie and the draft implications there how about the dolphins some fits magic they beat the eagles they beat the patriots the colts this year and let's put this question back to the listeners. Hit me up on Twitter, sure. at BD Peacock, tag at Williamson NFL. What is your most underrated regular season game of the year? We'd love to hear some of those and, and remind our brains of some of these games. It'd be nice to go back and remember some of these. More Locked on NFL Twitter Thursday coming up. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, this is your last chance during the NFL season to bet with my bookie. They feature the most complete lineup of Super Bowl props of any sports book in the business. And you can even visit mybookie.ag party now to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with mybookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parleys are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked on to activate the offer once again. That's promo code locked on. One word, locked on to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Let's go to Gridiron Lounge. Uh, our, our two friends, our two coach friends here. I don't want to. I don't know if you are more friendly with one of these frequent mailbaggers than the other. So I'm going to call them coach one and coach two. We've got a pair of (laughs) coaches. Uh, This is continuing our underrated, overrated theme here. They did their top five most overrated and underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Let me start with coach number one. His overrated group, one through five, is Sam Darnold, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and Drew Brees. That's an interesting group. Mm. Let me go to Coach 2 real quick before you sound off because I already know how much you hate that list. A couple
1: hit a nerve there with me. Uh,
0: Coach number Two's overrated list is 1, Jared Goff, 2, Baker Mayfield, 3, Sam Darnold, 4, Ryan Tannehill, and 5, he's got too many names here, uh, so I'm just going to his his top name is Dak Prescott, but he names a, a five way tie with Josh Allen, Jacoby Brissett, and Jimmy Garoppolo there at number five for his overrated. So that's coach one and coach two.
1: I noticed Goff is on both lists and I am on board there. I see Darnold's on both lists. I'm not on board. I mean, has he been a above average NFL quarterback? No. So. But if you said, would you rather have Darnold going forward or Goff, I'd say Darnold or several of the names on that list. I would still take him. I still think he has a very bright future. He does have a little Jameis Winston to him that scares me and also I think is an asset. I also think that, um, I say this all the time, I mean, it takes, takes a village to raise a quarterback and Darnold's village has been pretty crappy. <laughs> you know, so I'm not sure I blame him. Um, some of the other names there, Rivers, yes, and we've talked about him the last couple days quite a bit. I, I think his brand name is bigger than what he actually brings after being underrated for much of his career. I can't give you Wentz. I'm still really, really high on Wentz. If you want to say it's because durability is a trait and he's injured too much, I can't fight that, and I guess you're right. But, boy, I mean, he didn't have any wide receivers this year. I mean, wide receivers are important. He played great.
0: It's all important when it comes to quarterback. If you don't have an O-line, you don't have any weapons to throw to. If you've got bad coaching, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. And I wonder, and I'm not saying that Sam Darnold would be anywhere near the class of Patrick Mahomes, but what if Mahomes got drafted by, say, the Jets, and Sam Darnold got drafted by, say, Andy Reid's Chiefs? How different would those careers look?
1: Right, and... I that's a great point, and I feel stronger that Darnold would be a star right now than I do that Mahomes would be on the overrated list. You know, I think Mahomes is unbelievably special, but some coach might have reeled him in and not let him do what he's doing. I mean, obviously his landing spot was perfect, but I also believe to your point, if Darnold would have got drafted by the Chiefs, it would be really really happy with him right now.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and there's been development from this. Wasn't a thing where. Patrick Mahomes just walked into the league and everyone screwed up the scouting and he should have been the number one over. I mean, he should have been the number one overall pick, but he he developed from there till now is what I'm saying. So he didn't just walk in and be this finished polished prod product that we're seeing on the field right now.
1: Right. I mean, don't forget he sat behind Alex Smith, who's a great guy to sit behind. Yeah, especially when you're a wild Bronco and Smith's the most conservative guy in the league. I'm sure a little that rubbed off on him of knowing when to hold him and when to fold him a little bit.
0: We were talking about Rivers and Fitzpatrick yesterday. We tackled the question about what if Rivers went to the Dolphins and then they drafted a quarterback like, say, Tua. I know Alex Smith's hurt and his career is probably over, but if I wanted a veteran quarterback for my young quarterback to learn behind, I think Alex Smith is like the prototype. He's the perfect guy because he's such a good guy. He will help that young quarterback, and he will teach him good
1: traits. Smart. Um I've, I've mentioned this before that Smith was the first pick in the draft the year that I was with the Browns and we picked third. So we watched him quite a bit and we, we actually liked Rodgers better, but he was the first of his kind of true spread quarterback type guys that have swept the league since. So it's not like he's a traditional 1970s pocket passer. I mean, if he were I'm sure he was very influential on the homes who came from a, a wider open, v- newer version of spread that he could talk both languages where I'm kind of going with that.
0: Yeah. And there were people who said, Ooh, you know what? You probably shouldn't draft these urban Meyer spread quarterbacks after sure. all, after we've seen Alex Smith. And, and I think Alex Smith was a unique case because he was so young. He was only 20 years old. I think he was a redshirt sophomore, but urban Meyer left Utah for that was the Florida job at that point and so Alex Smith declared for the draft and I think Smith just was a little too young wasn't quite ready and obviously the scheme changed into the NFL it took him some time but he to his credit he developed and he made himself a career and um yeah and now spread quarterbacks are here to stay and it's still a little bit difficult because there is a transition to the NFL but you have to draft spread quarterbacks because that's what you're going to find out there most of the time.
1: Yeah and to your point of Mahomes Darnold and Kansas City it's also not an accident that Smith's best year was with Andy Reid, who then began to incorporate college principles, And that really made the transition to Mahomes' works really smooth, too.
0: They've got. So it sounds like, did you pick a list that you liked better between Coach One and Coach Two? I didn't. It seems like I mean, you, I, you disagre- I agreed
1: with about 50% of yeah. the names overall.
0: Let's move on to the underrated really quick. Coach One has Stafford, Jimmy G. Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, and Dak Prescott as his five underrated. Coach two, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Locke.
1: Hmm. I think it's a little early on Locke. I think he gets an incomplete. Rosen, I'm with you because his rated is a one out of ten, and I think there's still hope for the guy, and if I were... Uh, I don't know, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Saints, somebody like that with somebody in place. Maybe I could get Rosen after they draft Tua for a fifth-round pick or something like that and give him yet another shot but in a nice situation. So I don't think his book is written yet, and I, I will say I like them. Obviously, he's he's been very bad when he's on the field. So, I mean, I'm not going to ignore that. Stafford was on both lists. I love that call by both coaches. I think he's playing the best football of his career. I thought he was a top six or seven type quarterback this year, and first overall pick that's starting to figure it all out, and you know playing more aggressive. Um, I, I like Stafford a lot on that list. There were some that are on both lists. I mean, I think Wentz and Jimmy and yeah, uh, Dak were on all, on both lists.
0: Yeah, Coach One thinks that Jimmy G is underrated and that Wentz is overrated, and Scherffy sure has those opposite oh I, I said the names i wasn't supposed to let you know who was who on these uh the, oh, coach, okay. lists. Uh, this, the coach two's <laughs> underrated starts with carson wentz one is wentz two stafford so they agree with stafford being underrated like two, uh, yeah. deshaun watson roethlisberger and drew Locke. where's roethlisberger at this year what do you expect from him is this uh the beginning of the end for him ben roethlisberger i think over the course of his career has probably been somewhat underrated but i don't know what to expect from him in the current state
1: it's it's probably the number one topic on my Steelers show now right right around now, especially with Rivers situation and Eli you know retiring, Rogers showing age, Brady showing age, but really the same guys that Ben was drafted with took big downturns this year, and Eli probably already had Ted had, had turned down. I don't know. Um I, I don't expect him to be a top eight Pro Bowl type guy. I also think that he was He's had a lot of lower body injuries that I bet his knees and ankles and whatnot didn't mind all this time off, you know? I mean, like, wow, I'm not getting hit for a while and he might be um, beneficial for that. You know, might benefit from that, at least in his lower body. I, I also think compared to rivers and especially Eli, Ben was given more talent at birth than those guys. I mean, he's a better athlete. He's a bigger, stronger strapping guy. So I expect him to fall off a little slower. But one thing I've been saying, and I have not said a good thing about Eli as a quarterback in three years, but the Steelers would have been a playoff team with Eli Manning as their starter this year. Like one of their hugest problems, obviously, was a quarterback position, but they didn't have anyone that could like do basic quarterback stuff, especially when Duck took over, get him in and out of the huddle figure out what protection to be in, you know, where to go hot. I mean, none of those things happen, you know? So if just they having a professional guy with that defense, I think this team would have got the wild card. You know, they would have won one or two more games with a, a bad Eli that just had a good head.
0: Now the Steelers was a fascinating team because of how good that defense was that even got better, but they were a disaster at quarterback. And you can't have that in the NFL. It was, it was really amazing to watch that. It reminds me of, what the Jaguars had a few years ago, and it took them into the playoffs, but you just it, it wasn't enough. And that quarterback position, yeah. yeah, it's 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 worth it's worth so much, which makes this Super Bowl matchup so intriguing. Because I think across the board, when you look at these teams and you stack them up, the Forty Nine ers are more complete, but you've got Mahomes and the level yeah. uh, and some weapons for him to throw to the level that he's playing at right now. They're not out of any game ever.
1: Yeah, and again, tomorrow's going to be Super Bowl day. I still haven't made my pick in my head. And the Niners to me are the better team, but I can't imagine putting money against Mahomes right now.
0: On that subject, we do have a Twitter question here. We might push this to Friday if you want. That's that it asks about uh, if you are building a team from scratch with the draft pool consisting of the guys in the Super Bowl. Who are your first ten picks? Should we save that for tomorrow's show, or do you want to? Yeah, get we into can. That today? I okay. mean,
1: Mahomes would be one. So who's yeah. your next nine? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, obviously. And it goes back to the conversation you and I had before. If you and I were picking up teams, would you rather have Mahomes or would you rather have Jimmy and your choice of any four guys in the draft? I mean, I really think it's that big a deal from
0: mm-hmm.
1: one to two for this Twitter question. Like, you can have any four guys play in this game and Jimmy, and I take Mahomes. Which side do you want?
0: Yeah, that is a great question. Let's get into all of that stuff on Friday's show as we make our predictions for the Super Bowl. We've got more Twitter Thursday coming up, some good questions concerning Kirk Cousins, the Vikings, and Matt's favorite Super Bowl prop bets coming up. Mark has a question about the Vikings. He says, what do you do with Kirk Cousins if you're the Vikings? Do you extend him, let him play out the last season, cut or franchise tag him? Also, uh, what do you do with O-line and cap space? Who goes and who stays the Vikings are in an interesting place right now not unlike what's going on with the Texans I think differently but they kind of have to figure things out on the fly because I'm more worried about the defensive backfield I know there's some problems on the O line Kirk Cousins is not a problem but uh, you know uh, how what's the ceiling of your team that's quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins there's a lot of good questions with the Vikings as they're currently built
1: It's a good question because it revolves around Cousins. I mean, I very much expect this offseason, remember who their head coach is, and remember all the first-round picks even the Bengals used at corner when Zimmer was the defensive coordinator. I think this is going to be all about rebuilding the corner position this offseason and maybe sprinkle in a little O-line, maybe a third receiver in the third round, something like that, and take another run. You know, they were a good football team. Cousins had a very good year. Um, but, when but we're, when you and I are talking 365 days from now, I don't think we're going to know the answer on cousins. I mean, my hunch is he will probably get an extension, same neighborhood. He's getting paid now. That's too much, but what else are you going to do? You're not picking in the top 10 knowing the CBA would sure be helpful here. You know, I mean, is there going to be a a clause for quarterbacks in the CBA or how much are we going to be able to spend cap wise going forward? That'll be, you know, information that the Vikes are going to want to know. And I apologize, but he's been franchised for the, the couple times by the, the Redskins. I'm not sure what it would be like to franchise him again. I don't know what the rules are with a new team four years later or whatever, it, odd situation, but my hunch is you're kind of got your guy and that's who it's going to be folks for better or worse.
0: That is a great question about the franchise tag situation. Does that start all over again and they can still do it twice in a row? I I would assume that the collective bargaining agreement would not allow that for a player because that would be a rough situation to be in. But there's an interesting tie-in with Kirk Cousins and the Super Bowl teams, both Super Bowl teams, in fact, because the 49ers, when Kyle Shanahan showed up, they scouted quarterbacks. And Kyle Shanahan talked about it this week at Super Bowl Media Week. He all along knew that Kirk Cousins was going to become a free agent quarterback. He coached him in Washington. He liked Kirk Cousins, and he was fine with him being the franchise quarterback. He knew he'd be available, and I think behind the scenes, he knew the 49ers would be able to sign Kirk Cousins. No problem that Cousins would come Mm -hmm. join Shanahan in San Francisco.
1: We all thought that would happen.
0: Right, and I think everyone kind of knew this. So the 49ers, and basically Shanahan said, look, I had the opportunity with the number two overall pick in that draft to be picky. And maybe he was too picky because he scouted all those quarterbacks, Trubisky, Watson, Mahomes, and Mahomes was just too risky for him. He just wasn't sure. He saw the rare talent. He called him a freak, but we talked earlier about the spread. They didn't have Jimmy yet. Right, yeah. He talked earlier about the spread offenses. He's like, you know what? We can be picky here. Let's wait on quarterback. Maybe Cousins is the guy, and then it turns out, and they checked in on Jimmy at that time. Jimmy Garoppolo was not available. Turned out in October at the trade deadline, Jimmy Garoppolo became available and now that's all history, but who knows? Maybe the 49ers scout harder at Mahomes at that time. Maybe Mahomes doesn't even end up on the Chiefs. Maybe he ends up on the 49ers. How crazy of a turn would that be? So all because of Kirk Cousins, who doesn't end up on either team, potentially him just being a free agent, an upcoming free agent off of the franchise tag, it changed directions for potentially some franchises in the NFL. And it's amazing how the quarterback carousel in the NFL impact so much and so many decisions that go on around the league
1: yeah and and in a way your Niners didn't take any of those quarterbacks some of them end up being quite good if it was Deshaun Watson obviously and got away with it (laughs) I mean they they rolled the dice and they got away with it
0: they made the wrong decision to not draft one of those two quarterbacks but they made the right decision later they got a good quarterback that they're fine with now and and, in Jimmy Garoppolo and so they're in great shape and they ended up still building something. It's it's amazing how one move can change the direction of multiple franchises. Matt, I think it's time to get into these prop bets. I know there's three specific prop bets that you teased earlier on in the week that you will be throwing money down on for Super Bowl Sunday.
1: I have Sammy Watkins under three and a half catches, and my logic is your boy Sherman is probably going to beat him Mahomes is right every snap, basically. So I think Tyreek is going to be on the left. I think Watkins will be the guy that lines up against Sherman and will lose that battle, frankly. And they just won't go that direction very much.
0: Three and a half was that number?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, I was hoping – I'd rather have four, but right. three and a half catches. I mean, I just think there's so many – Kelsey and Hardman. I don't know how many snaps Watkins will even play. Yeah, you know what it, I mean? it,
0: that's one of the things. Knowing that the 49ers most likely will have – Richard Sherman at right cornerback. If you are, you know, from the offenses point of view, on the right side at corner, on the left side it'll be the young guy in Emmanuel Moseley. They'll probably try to find ways to get that matchup closer to the left side. Maybe a lot of uh, moving guys around in the slot. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who they want to target. Do they want to put the speed with Tyreek Hill and really put that pressure on Richard Sherman and try to find that matchup and putting, you know, the speed on the the bigger older slower cornerback and then have Watkins working on the younger guy and try to get both matchups going do they put their their best and try to find that on the 49ers weakest side and put him on the left more with Tyreek Hill and that would put Sherman with because I like that Sherman against I agree with you that that is the matchup that if I thought that it was going to be Watkins on Sherman all day then I would take the under 100% on that because uh, I just like that matchup better. I think Tyreek kills is a scarier matchup for Richard Sherman just because they're so different.
1: Yeah, and so I, when- I just think more often than not, Watkins is going to see Sherman. And as gutsy and as as Mahomes is, I think you still shy away from Sherman.
0: I like that one. Minus three and a half, Sammy Watkins. What else do you have?
1: I have two... Overall, I think the numbers for the Niners passing game are too low. You know, I mean, we've seen Jimmy throw very little. And I think you and I agree that that's just because he hasn't had to. They, I mean, the the formula was very obvious. It wasn't they were hiding the guy. So I have over 54 and a half receiving yards for Debo Samuel, who I think is phenomenal and is really, really coming into his own. I think he's going to get an awful lot of targets. And my favorite one, this feels like stealing to me, but I also thought Sony Michelle catching one pass last, the last Super Bowl was stealing, and they threw one to him and he dropped it. And this one is your boy Kyle Yuzcek over nine and a half receiving yards. That seems like it's stealing.
0: Oh, okay. Kyle Nine and a half. Check. He's only going
1: to catch two balls. I mean, they're going to throw him at least three or four passes.
0: Right. It's, it's the question is: is the one ball that goes his way, or the two balls that go his way? Are there, is he going to be one yarders? Right. Or is he going to be wide open, and he's got all that grass? And Kyle Shanahan dials up something where he's on the weeks the backside of the play, and everyone's flowing to the ball on the other side, and it's play action, and he's got all this green grass in front of him. That's the. That's what mm-hmm. I envision with that bet losing. Right. Otherwise. I mean, and he didn't touch the ball last time. Obviously, they're going to throw the ball a little bit more, but it's entirely possible that Juszczyk has zero catches, zero rushes, too, in this game.
1: Right. I mean, I bet he gets – I mean, if I was setting the line on Kyle Juszczyk targets, I would probably set it at, like, three or three and a half. I think if you catch half of them, you should get to 10 yards.
0: If he catches two balls, it's going to go over 10 yards, more than likely, Uh Game script will be huge. For a lot of these bets, for that Sammy Watkins one, Be I mean, if if Patrick Mahomes, if they get in a hole and he drops back 50 times, you'd think that Sammy Watkins is going to catch more than three balls. He's going to catch four-plus right. balls. So that game script is a big one. How does this go? Does it start out slow? Do the 49ers get to dominate and run the football and, and keep Kansas City off the field. So a lot of those factors go into this with game script, and then it could get out of hand and everything goes over if they start chucking the ball against each other like crazy, which is certainly a possibility too.
1: Yeah, and the, of the three, the use check ones I, is the one I hit the hardest. Um, I'm just thinking, I just think that overall the passing numbers right now are too low in Vegas for the Niners passing attack, and I think Debo's going to get over
0: 54.5. Debo was one of the... I think it was plus 2,300 for MVP. Tyreek Hill, too, was something like
1: 15
0: to 1, 25 to 1 odds for MVP. And I know if a wide receiver goes off, there's a good chance the quarterback goes off. So that's why those prop bets for MVP were so much higher for Patrick Mahomes and for Jimmy Garoppolo. But you could get some really great odds for guys like Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill and some of the offensive weapons that maybe if they have a couple of touchdowns and – They don't go crazy on offense. Maybe it could be the wide receiver like we saw with Edelman. It could be the receiver and not the quarterback that gets that MVP. So putting a little bit down on a couple of those prop bets for some of the playmakers on offense for both of those teams. I like or even say Tyron Matthew, you know, if he has a pick six or some big play and maybe that would be, you know, the Larry Brown style MVP and, and his Odds are astronomical, too, to put a couple bucks and and win a lot on him. So there's a couple of interesting ones for MVP that are non-quarterbacks that could pay off pretty big for for prop bets.
1: Do you agree, though, that if the Chiefs win, it's going to be Mahomes? If the Niners win, there's a less chance it's Jimmy than vice versa? Yes,
0: I would look at those 49ers, you know, George Kittle, maybe. Kittle. Those 49ers skill guys have a much better chance – of winning that MVP than the Chiefs. Because if the Chiefs go off and they win the Super Bowl, it's really hard to envision how that happens without Mahomes being the MVP.
1: And if it's close, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Right,
0: yeah, yeah. So it would have to be one person just goes off and he he didn't really spread the ball around that much.
1: Right, like Tyreek had two 80-yarders and a good kickoff return or something where it was just that obvious. Where I, I can't imagine the Chiefs, unless it's a defensive player, winning this game without Mahomes getting the MVP.
0: It's time to wrap this up. We'll check in with you guys again Friday, making our predictions for Super Bowl 54, and then all the talking will be done. We'll find out who will be holding up the Lombardi Trophy. Talk to you guys then right here, Locked on NFL.